Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. Now, if you listen to the most recent episode of the show, I said we would be taking a break over the summer. So it may be a little bit of a surprise as to why this episode has been released. Well, to give a bit of background, I have spent the last week or so in Denver, Colorado in the United States uh, doing a couple of things. So firstly attending a conference which you hear about in this episode and then also spending some time with Maureen Kelly and her team at the Bank of Oklahoma. And the overriding topic of the conference and the work that Jamie and I have been doing on the quest for legitimacy is the importance of human connection. And so having spent some time with Maureen and her team, we thought it'd be a good idea to just share what our experience has been over the last week or so. And the episode is titled The Gift of Collaboration, which is a phrase that Maureen uses right towards the end of this episode. And I think it really captures the essence of what it was that we were doing in the past week. So we decided to record a bonus episode where you will hear some of the um, outcomes of the work that we did together and some valuable lessons that I think are important both from a client perspective. So if you're listening to this as somebody who is within a family enterprise, a family business, it's uh, relevant to you and the advisors that you work with. But also if you are an advisor to families, I think this is a really interesting episode to delve into, uh, particularly around some of the details and outcomes of of what we've been doing over the past week or so. So we thought we'd share it and I'll pass over to the interview in just a second. But a reminder that you can join the mailing list for the podcast. So if you head over to fanbizpodcast.com on the homepage, if you scroll down just a little, there is a box there to give me your first name and your email address. Make sure you click on the email that I then sent you saying, sign me up. Um, So that will then add you to the mailing list. Each month I send a newsletter with insights and interesting topics and yeah, a good uh, positive response from those that have subscribed. So if you're not already on the list, please head over to fanbizpodcast.com to sign up. Um, We've also been talking about the book, The Quest for Legitimacy, in previous episodes. And Denver was the first opportunity we had to get together with a community that will have read this book. And the feedback that Jamie has been getting is absolutely fantastic. So as a reminder, do go and buy the book. It is a fantastic book. It's been written really really well by Jamie by using stories and experiences of those that we spoke with rather than it being kind of preachy and academic so I highly recommend it you can find it on Amazon it is out in the United States right now um, end of August for the UK but you can certainly pre-order it now on Amazon just search for the quest for legitimacy and it should pop up I will also put links in the show notes Right, I'll pass over to the conversation we had with Jamie and Maureen Kelly of the Bank of Oklahoma, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. would love to hear your feedback. Please do get in touch on what you're uh, hearing on the show, and uh, yeah, I'll hand over to that interview now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Family Business Podcast. I will explain in a little bit why it is a bonus episode. 
but I'm delighted to be joined today by Maureen Kelly from Bank of Oklahoma and my friend and colleague Jamie Weiner, who you will recognise from the recent episodes on the quest for legitimacy. Firstly, Maureen, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Russ. Yeah, thank you, Russ. Good to be here. So to give a bit of background as to why we're having this conversation, we have spent the last week um, seeing each other more than we were seeing our own families. And we were attending uh, the Purposeful Planning Institute uh, rendezvous conference in Denver, Colorado, which is where, um, Maureen, I'll let you explain uh, your role and, and what you do, but that's effectively where you're based. Um, and as well as spending some time at the conference together, uh, we did a little bit of stuff outside of that as well, which again, we're going to dive into um, a little bit later. But before we get into that, Maureen, please introduce yourself to our audience, a bit of background and how you came to be doing what you're doing today. Thank you, Russ. It is really a pleasure to be here with you. I've really enjoyed your podcast listening over the, the last year or so. Um, so it's a pleasure to join you. I am the Family Office Services Director at the Bank of Oklahoma, BOK Financial. It is Bank of Oklahoma, but we serve Oklahoma and Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. I happen to be based in Denver, Colorado. Um, I have been in financial services for over 30 years. Uh, although fun fact to know and tell, which I've shared with you, uh, over 42 years ago, I attended St. John's College in York. So I have such fondness for your country and uh, all things UK. And I think that's what I've enjoyed about your podcast is really uh, bringing global best practices together in how we serve families. So uh, again, over 30 years in financial services, I like to say that I've been on both sides of the balance sheet. I started in investments and then moved to private banking. Uh, probably about 15 years ago, I became more intentional in this relational side of finance. I knew that I had the acumen and the heart to be going a little deeper with people uh, than just asset allocation and credit facilities. So I became very intentional in studying the impact of money and relationships and how we behave around money. Uh, I did a graduate program at Kansas State University in financial therapy. Many people have never heard of financial therapy. It's basically the intersection of the emotions and the economics. So uh, I was with a very large bank here in the United States. I left the bank and started a private practice in financial therapy and, and helping individuals, couples, families. Uh, simultaneously, I was asked to manage a former client's family office. So for the last six years, I had been managing a single family office and had my own private practice when BOK approached me to create a family office platform or offering here. Uh, the reason is that within the bank, there are many legacy families that are very wealthy in this ultra high net worth space, family owned businesses, and the leadership recognized that we have to be serving these families in a more meaningful way. And that if we don't meet their needs, then clients will go somewhere else to find these services. Uh, with more wealth comes more complexity, we all know that. But how do we have more meaningful discussions with the families? Um, we know that <clears throat> truly their single most important asset are their individual family members. It's, it's way beyond the money. So I'm now in my first year at BOK. We're developing this program. We are bringing it to the advisors. We're focused on both financial capital and human capital. And uh, when I connected with both of you almost a year ago through uh, PPI, I knew that the messaging, that we were uh, kindred spirits, like-minded, and I, it was very exciting to bring the quest for legitimacy to BOK. So that's how I. That's how we ended up being connected. Fantastic, and it was uh, such a joy to be able to meet in person um, as well. Uh, I'm sure we're not alone in this, but a lot of our conversations over the last year have been solely on uh, Zoom. Um, there hasn't been able to to kind of meet and and give you a hug and and say hi properly, and we got that opportunity as we say at the PI Rendezvous conference. Um, 
We're obviously joined as well by Jamie. And Jamie, you gave a, a kind of a full introduction in the first episode of this series of the Family Business Podcast. But why not give the Reader's Digest version just to remind people who, who you are and you know, why we're speaking today? Well, first of all, I'm excited to be on and do this with you, Maureen. And of course, you as well, Russ. Um, <laughs> probably um, a psychologist by background is important to note. I've been working with um, through a company called Inheriting Wisdom of my, my wife and I for probably the last 15 to 20 years and all the stuff that comes up behind the money in high net worth families. About five years ago, Russ and I started a qualitative research study where we began asking rising gen from around the globe a simple question, what is it like growing up in the lands of giants? And it's been an amazing experience that has led to the writing of a book and within the next year will um, lead to creating experiences for rising gen family members. So good to be here. It's great to have us all on uh, this um, joint experience as well. And we've mentioned a couple of times that PPI is kind of a common thread. Um, Jamie and I did a webinar for PPI members, which is where Maureen, you, you got to kind of meet us virtually for the, the first time and our conversation started off the back of that. Um, we've all been to uh, Rendezvous in Denver this past week. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I can't recommend PPI highly enough and, and they're not giving us anything in, in terms of, of saying this. Um, the community there is, is absolutely fantastic and the conference is great fun as well. Before we delve in a bit more into what we've been doing together, I thought it might be nice to share our personal highlights from the PPI conference just to give people out there a feel for the type of uh, community that's been created by um, John A and, and brilliantly supported by Julie. So I guess I'll start with you, Maureen, if we can, in terms of sharing your particular highlight. Well, thanks, Russ. Uh, yes, PPI, Purposeful Planning Institute. The theme this year was the fundamentals of human connection. And really what the three of us have done and, and with the team here at BOK, it's been about connection. Uh, so many highlights. And, and really, I describe PPI as a think tank of global thought leaders uh, coming together again to share best practices in how we serve families in a very meaningful and purposeful way. Uh, there is so much collaboration within the organization and uh, just open arms. Uh, Russ gets more hugs from us Americans who tend to be very extroverted and giving with our hugs, <laughs> even post-pandemic. But um, the highlight for me uh, was, again, coming together with people whom I've known over the years. Uh, there were so many phenomenal presentations. Um, you know, it's again, it's, it's really all about the people and it's sharing uh, the best practices in how we serve. Uh, I, gosh, there were so many great presentations, but um, as you just mentioned, Russ, I would encourage anyone who's looking to uh, deepen their practice and understand this paradigm shift in how we serve to take a look at PPI. Highlight, I guess, candidly, was meeting both of you in person. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Jamie, same question to you then, your highlight from uh, the conference. Well, of course, spending some time with you, Maureen, was the highlight of the conference. But in addition to that, and you too, Russ, and in Thanks. addition to that, I think the conference was an opportunity to really um, revel and announce the idea of Wealth 3.0, the very idea that... Um, the world of wealth doesn't live under a black cloud, that the myth of short sleeves to short sleeves in three generations is exactly that, a myth rather than a reality. And I think why that was so important, particularly, Ross, given what you and I have done over the course of the last five years, is we've interviewed rising gen family members, and they, they're not spoiled brats. They're not rich kids. 
Um, they're on a quest to find meaning and purpose in their lives. It's not always an easy quest, but you know, we've had an amazing experience. It was an amazing opportunity at the conference to share it and to um, run into people who are handing down the book, The Quest for Legitimacy, to their rising gen, because that was the fantasy from day one when we started working on the book. And then to spend time with Maureen at Bank of Oklahoma, which we'll talk about more, was just the icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And and your highlight kind of leads into mine. And it was so, it was just amazing to see people come up to you and give such positive feedback on the book. Now, obviously, behind the scenes, we've been working on this for years, and I know just how much effort and love and care has gone into writing the book. And so for me to see that people, we we knew it would resonate, but for people to come up to you with such sort of glowing praise and, and very emotional in terms of their own stories and how much it resonated with their own lives, um, just again, for me, captures how powerful the, the book is and, and what good it can do in the world. That was um, a particular highlight. Um, Obviously, we presented together. That was great fun. And uh, likewise, meeting uh, Maureen and the team in, in person was fantastic. We've been kind of doing all this stuff over Zoom as and when we can, can get an opportunity. Um, so those were my highlights. But again, it, for those, we, we've made a reference to Wealth 3.0. There is an episode of the podcast called Wealth 3.0 where we talk to Jim Grubman, um, Dennis Jaffe and Kristen Keffler about this concept of wealth point oh, uh, sorry of wealth 3.0 so if you want to go back and have a listen to that uh, we'll put a link in the show notes um, for that I, I would love to add on to that thought because uh, it is truly thought leadership from Drs. Grubman and Jaffe and Kristen Keffler um, that there is this paradigm shift in the industry and not only is it focusing on families in a very deeper, meaningful way beyond the money, but it's also getting away from a fear-based approach that many of us had embraced. You mentioned the shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations, where we're, we're looking at the positive, the strengths of the family. And you know, whatever you focus on gets bigger. And when we focus on the positive, there, it's more growth and strength space. So this is a new, uh, again, I think the thought leadership within the industry, we are living this right now as advisors. And uh, I'm so glad that you you referenced that because the book exemplifies that and your findings and how we um, how we view how we see our clients and going into these relationships with more empathy. You reference that they're not these uh, entitled trust fund babies, the negative lens that we've held for so long. So it's exciting to be in the industry as we're experiencing this shift. Yeah, absolutely. And it brings to mind a conversation that um, we've had um, before around the, the unconscious or sometimes conscious bias that we take into relationships, particularly advisory relationships. If we're going into those with the expectation of, I'm going to come across spoilt brats, trust fund babies, in, in entitlement and, you know, these poor attitudes towards money. It can taint our, um, the way in which we approach um, clients and, and particularly with regards to, to the rising gen, if there is that label. And if you took any kind of bias into any other relationship on any other basis, such as gender or race, then it would, we would just inherently know how wrong that is. And yet, because it's something that is linked to wealth and this culture of kind of fear and trepidation that's that's placed around it, um, it seems to be more sort of unnoticed in, in that sense. And I think Wealth 3.0 is a real opportunity to um, embrace the, the human connectedness that, that, that we experienced at the conference. So uh, very valid points there on, on the relevance of what we're doing and, and Wealth 3.0 particularly. No, no disservice to the announcers of Wealth 3.0, you know, Dr. Grubman and Jaffe and Kristen Keffler. I think there's some of us have been operating with the understanding that um, there's much more potential in wealthy families, and we've been doing it for a long time. 
And I think, Russ, in doing our research, every time we open Zoom and jumped into the world of an interview with a rising gen family member, the notions in our head that maybe we might run into a rich kid just kept getting blown away. And we kept meeting wonderful human beings, completely, you know, what appeared on some levels completely different from each other, but all on a very um, clear path to make a contribution in the world, to do something different. And from a banking and wealth point of view, that really alters how we think about trust, how we think about when do you involve family members in the process. I think it's just a bigger transition than we've really you know, wrapped our hands around. Part of the work that we did together, it, it kind of broke down into to two parts um, after the conference this week. So, um, Moin, you very kindly invited us to a, a dinner where there were some of your clients and some of your advisors, and you did a fantastic job of hosting a kind of a Q&A walkthrough of the process and, and what we'd done. Um, and then the following morning, we um, sat with a team of your um, advisors as well, helping them to understand the implications of the research on, on their work. We can talk about some of the specifics that happened in, in each of those um, in a sec, but just from a, a broader level, what does it mean for you, particularly in your role, particularly with what Bank of Oklahoma are trying to achieve, to, to bring in people like myself and Jamie who have been doing this research. It's not kind of traditional, kind of continual professional development that we see, um, which tends to focus on the kind of investments and the, the technical side of things. What does it mean to you and, and you as an organization to, to be doing that? You are completely right. Uh, again, it's a shift in thinking for both our clients and the advisors within the organization. You know, we talked about human capital and um, it's having you, Jamie and Russ come in and meet with our clients and have dialogue that was very different. And we're going to talk a little bit about the events and what that looked like. But one of the comments to me was, thank you. This has been an amazing dinner and talking about a topic that, you know, it wasn't asked that allocation. This was so refreshing and so meaningful uh, that they so fully enjoyed it and asked for more. They want to know when you're both coming back. Uh, and then from the advisory perspective, uh, sometimes we think advisors can get caught in the curse of knowledge, that they understand their business so well, they understand their technical aspects of their job so well that there's a tendency to talk beyond and not getting into these relationships and, and dynamics around wealth and what the impact is. And I think often advisors will avoid that because it feels I'm not qualified. It can get messy. I don't want to go down that path. But bringing you in and facilitating conversation, you're sharing about the book and about your research and what you learned from these families, it was a breath of fresh air for both of our clients and the team. And again, that's what I'm trying to do here is to in, introduce a new program, embrace the human capital side, the softer side of the balance sheet, we, we say sometimes. So what could be more powerful than hearing the stories and the research and what you both have, have discovered and sharing that with both, again, clients and advisors, it was very different and highly appreciated you know, all, all the way around. So um, it, it proved to us, it was proof of concept to, I think, both of you and to me as the director that um, this is meaningful and we need to do more of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious as well, uh, Jamie, putting you on the spot a little bit because we, we didn't discuss this off air in, in terms of a, a, an approach, but uh, I'm curious as to your expectations of what the dinner might be and how the reality may have either lived up to that or differed from those expectations. You know, what a great thing to talk about. You go into a room, particularly with family members there, and you hope that some magic would take place in the room. 
And the magic may be as simple as creating a safe space that allows somebody to open up and begin a conversation about what does it mean growing up in the land of giants with their quest. And yet I, I was amazed that it really happened, you know. You know, I had no doubt that people would enjoy having a dinner and being in a room with other families, knowing they're not so alone. But the moment one of the rising gen family members opened up about some of the struggles of coming from a wealthy family with their parent in the room, and everybody sort of, you could see the change, you could feel the shift in the room, was sort of, that's really the highlight of this whole project that we've been doing, working together to see if we can start to make a difference. And as, as great as the whole week had been, it's kind of a high point of the week for me. Yeah, I agree. And, and I had similar hopes. I, I would hope that it would resonate because obviously that's what we experienced um, through the, uh, the interview side of things. Um, I think what it also provided, and I'm more interested in your view on this, is Jamie and I obviously had broadly similar experiences with each of the participants that we spoke with. Now, that, that was the first time uh, in person at that kind of event. But we had that kind of experience each time we um, spoke to the rising gen from wherever they were in the world, normally over Zoom. Um, and it, I'm curious as to what kind of insight it gave you to that experience of hearing the stories and how much it resonated, um, in particular within the room we were in. Yeah, it all ties together so beautifully. Remember, the theme of the conference was the fundamentals of human connection. And what transpired as you shared the research and told the stories that the people in the room, the clients, the families, uh, there was there became a, um, a vulnerability. And once this young rising gen family member began to share, and these were people who didn't know each other, um, the chemistry in the room was really remarkable. And people did share and they opened up and they talked about what it was like coming from the UK with nothing, came to the United States and you know created significant wealth, but the fear and the vulnerability that you know, happened in that process, all of our guests shared. And you never know how, what the chemistry is going to be or what the experience is going to be like. But I think that at the core, hearing about what the families that you had researched, hearing those journeys and those personal stories gave people permission to say, wow, this is what it was like for me. And so that room chemistry, I think the advisors were really uh, amazed. I think all of us in the room left feeling um, really enriched by the mm. evening. And I think it's um, fair to point out as well that the, the feedback that came from, again, the, the Rising Gen in particular, who was able to share their story and their experience, the importance of the advisors that they had in their life, and in particular, one member of your team who was mm -hmm. possibly um, went a bit rosy cheeked uh, at this stage because of the powerful impact that they had had on this particular person's life. And again, from your perspective, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's a very positive thing to hear is that these human connections and I've worked, my background is, is financial planning and wealth management. And sometimes you can feel kind of stifled in the conversations you want to have because you're restricted by the boundaries mm -hmm. of that profession. I learned to, to overcome that. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, there's members of your team that have done exactly that as well. But I know how much of a challenge that can be. But it must be great for you to hear that from yeah. um, people. And again, there was no kind of um, expectation of, of that to be the case. It was just something that naturally mm -hmm. happened. It just unfolded. Um, and I think, you know, that was an example of how this one young advisor, rising Jen herself, um, took the time to really get to know her clients. And I think this is when you talk about 1.0, 2.0, well, 3.0, as advisors, we're trained to disseminate information. We're trained to be the experts. We're trained in technical and fundamental analysis and clients come to us for our advice and counsel. Here's the shift. We need to listen more than we talk. And we 
it was demonstrated so clearly with this one advisor and client relationship that you described, Russ. And I think everyone in the room was um, was just so touched by the depth. And her, the mother went on to say, the reason we are with BOK is because of the relationship that this young trust officer has and the time she has spent with our daughter in educating and helping her with her own money journey. So we saw it firsthand. You couldn't write that script. <laughs> if I could just add a comment about it, watching it, it, it just thrilled me because it was really clear that both the mother enjoyed the fact that somebody at the bank could explain something to the daughter that she couldn't find her way around to explain yeah. and vice versa, that the daughter could have a relationship with the trust officer, which is not always the case, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that is personal enough that she felt she could learn in a way that she wasn't able to learn in other ways. Yeah was just it was just a beautiful thing to to observe and speaks very highly for the okay so i was thrilled to, to be there to observe it and then we saw it in a different light the next day as as we brought this same story to the advisors representing all different lines of business i think there were 40 people there um, but we were also able to share what we experienced the night before and to, I mean, many of these advisors, they are not familiar with human capital and this type of uh, approach to advising. So it was incredibly meaningful for them as well to hear. And, and I have to um, give you all the credit for, for the foundation was your sharing of the research and what you learned and what you took away. And so again, from a client perspective and then from an advisor perspective, which is what I'm trying to implement at BOK, uh, it was very, very powerful and rewarding. Yeah, I think the what the dinner highlighted as well is when you create an environment where clients feel safe, where they feel they can share. And, and bearing in mind, mm -hmm. there were relationships in the room where clients knew advisors, but that, that was almost those kind of one-to-one -one relationship. There was another 20 or people in the room that um, were strangers in that respect. But the environment that was created, even though it was in, you know, we were in a, a private room, but in a restaurant, essentially. So it, it was still out in the kind of the, the big wide world. The, the environment that allowed that sharing to happen is so important. And if there are advisors that are listening who are going, I wonder how we can strive ourselves to get to, to that my tip at this stage in, in sort of the experience that we've had is is creating the environment where the rising gen feel heard, where they feel mm -hmm. they have a voice, where people are listening to their experience and their stories rather than talking at them and focusing on here's how to run money, here's how to, which is all important. We're not saying that that's not that's important, right. but the, the importance of that connection around their experience, I think is again what showed up in that uh, room um, on that uh, on that night. Yeah, agreed. You know, I've, I've shared with both of you, I, I love the book. I think the book was very meaningful. Um, and I, as I've said, um, I, I read it th through two lenses, one as an advisor and one just as a person, just as a mother and a grandmother. And if I can, if you indulge me, this is one of my favorite. I mean, it resonated with me and my own personal journey, my own life story. Uh, if I can read this, part of the appeal of taking the quest is it is open-ended. There is no X marks the spot, final ending point. There is no clear point where one has finished the quest. The path is not a straight line. Legitimacy is not a destination. Being on the quest is its own reward. And I think that speaks to me in my career path. I think that we're all on a quest within our lives. I think that my dad was my giant, without a doubt. Um, so the words, Jamie, as as you as you told the stories and wove your own story throughout the book, I could hear your voice, and there's just um, just so much uh, humility in your giant story with your father. Um, so I, this book is for anyone, anyone who's on their their own life journey, um, but certainly again for us as advisors and. 
we have many copies of these here at BOK. <laughs> Our clients are going to be receiving them on a regular basis, and um, we're just so appreciative. Thanks for reading that. It's something I couldn't do myself, but strange to hear my words come back, but uh, delightful. So thank you. I just, if we can, I just want to spend a little bit more time talking from the perspective of the advisor group that we spoke with, and particularly some of the kind of questions and um, conversations that, that we had at the end when sort of we, we broke out and, and the individual sort of conversations happened. One of the questions that Jamie and I had when we were putting the kind of structure of it together was kind of the, the so what, why is this relevant? If, if I'm in, let's just pull something out of the sky, commercial lending, why does it matter that I understand what's going on in the lives of the rising gen of the families that I'm working with? And to a certain extent, that's a very valid question because the role there is to arrange the commercial lending, right? It's not necessarily to go and delve into the, the lives and experiences of the rising gen. But but I'm curious, and this is open to, to both of you, whoever wants to go first, in terms of why this is so relevant, irrespective of what role you play in clients' lives, to, to understand that. And we are all on this quest. So to anyone listening now, you're on your own quest as well. So this is relevant to, to yourself, if not the, the clients that you um, work with. So perhaps add some flesh to, to that in terms of why we think it's so relevant that advisors and understand what's going on here. You know, I, I think there was a moment where a couple of people who make loans, and I think they were the commercial loans folks, uh-huh. and we had kind of a private moment. And the moment that you realize that at moments when people are making loans, there's usually something going on in the background of that loan. And although the, the objective is to get the loan and to have a transaction, particularly any form of real estate, um, heightens human emotions, heightens stress. In multi-generational families, Loans can be made by one generation and um, be to the benefit of the next generation. So having some understanding of what's going on behind the transaction opens the door to just even simple questions about how you're doing, what's going on. Tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah, I think any of us in financial services are very aware that um, this is a relationship business. And we need to get to know our clients. Uh, we need to understand what is important to them and, and values. But Russ, as you were asking the question, it also occurs to me too that you know, are people open to it now? We, we've come through this pandemic and numbers are all over and who knows where we are? We'll know looking back. But I, I think this theme of con- connection and isolation and that um, we've all gone through so much. And so the need to come back and really relate to each other, whether you're a banker or an investment manager or, or whatever your role is within an institution, uh, just coming together for connection, you know, the, the time is right. And, and maybe uh, does this resonate? Did the experience that we just had with both clients and with advisors was very impactful, I think, for all of us, certainly for the three of us and all the people who participated is that need for connection um, just so accentuated for all of us right now. So the timing could not have been better. And the content, it's authentic, you know, just so much authenticity in all of this. Yeah. And I, I think as well, what we experienced, uh, I don't want to speak for um, Jamie, but I, I think this is true in terms of what we experienced is the culture within which the business operates, and if this is not just a single out um, BOK Financial, it, it's uh, you know it can be present in other organisations as well. But the the ability to safely explore these kinds of topics, to be given the permission to be able to explore these types of topics, is so important because we are all human beings. Um, I've said this a, a couple of times, both in in the work we've done together, I think, in terms of this podcast series. We're all trying to get through life well for the first time in our own life. Every day is a new experience and we're all coming across it for the first time. 
and we're all human beings, irrespective of what box we sit in, whether we're a technical advisor, whether we sit in a legal space or an accounting space or financial, however that might sit, we are all human beings and we all experience fear, we all experience emotion. And uh, I think what we saw within that um, group experience that we had, both with clients and with advisors, is that it's okay to talk about this stuff. And I think the the pandemic has helped um, in yeah. in a, a kind of a strange sense. It is we talk about uh, breaking moments and, and periods of liminality. COVID is a huge breaking moment for every human being. The period we've seen where we're kind of a bit betwixt and between afterwards is this huge global moment of liminality that we're all experiencing. So we have that common thread amongst us of this um, experience and being able to talk about it and share um, our experiences is such a valuable part of building those relationships. Yeah, could, couldn't agree with you more. And that has certainly been my experience in financial therapy. It's providing a safe space. Money is still the last taboo. There's shame, there's guilt, there's all kinds of emotions with money. And so it, you're capturing this same concept that uh, safe space, the ability to talk about it is uh, often for people just a tremendous relief and shared experiences definitely allow for that. I'm going to take host privilege now and put uh, both of you on the spot uh, mm -hmm. in terms of any questions that you might have of anyone else uh, that's on the show. Now, I am realise that you might now ask me a question. I'm notorious for, uh, I'm a host for a reason. It's, I like asking <laughs> the questions. Um, but, but if there's any questions that, kind of have got on your mind about what we experienced together and, and how that played out. I think it'd be quite good fun to uh, explore some of that. Yeah, I want to ask Maureen, are you kind of aware that what we did was kind of breaking some ground in the banking space? And I'm complimenting you as part of this as well. It's pretty rare, isn't it, for to get a group, a group of family members and stay completely on the, the human side of it and talk about um, to have emotions come up in a room of families and then to touch in on advisors and say, pay attention. There, there's a, those are human beings who are sitting in front of you with, quote, financial issues. Uh, completely, Jamie, and that's why I'm so thankful for you to, to, for us to have collaborated in this way to bring this to both our clients and advisors. Um, and remember, I'm creating a program, so there's a, a, an element of uh, shift in mindset and introducing this to people where, as I said, sometimes this can be a little uncomfortable. So. It was absolutely groundbreaking for me to be able to do this. I've described this to you as this was our, this was our, our kickoff, our introduction. Now you're a tough act to follow. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but it was, um, yes, I think within this regional bank that is, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Colorado, this is all new thinking. And so first I have to begin with the advisors and to help guide them and influence and, and demonstrate, which is what we did, demonstrate that this is the real deal. This is what matters. So yes, thank you. It's, it, you know, as we've been planning this now for 10 months because you were coming to Denver, thanks to the PPI conference, we were able to make this happen. And this is the fun part. You know, the three of us have been talking about this for months and, I think it exceeded all of our expectations in every way and uh, the meaningful connection. Uh, now BOK wants more of this. They want to know what's next. And so it's, you know, it's one at a time influencing culture like this. And it comes back to Wealth 3.0. It's a shift in financial services in how we serve. So um, having great partners like you, I think my question to you both is, What's next? How do we keep it going? How do we gather that momentum and keep it going? Such a great question, Maureen. I'm sure Russ has got tons of ideas as well. I think the beauty of the dinner that we did was it just opened stuff up. And I think the conversation is what do you do once you open, once you open the conversation up? How do you make sure it reverberates? 
over time. I think that's also true with the advisors. A little harder in a, in a, a group for them to open up and to, you know, they walked out of the room and they knew something was going on inside. Would love to hear what they thought when they walked out the door, <laughs> you know, because it probably is very different than with, I don't know what they expect, right? <laughs> so I, I think the future is really intriguing in, t in terms of where we go from there. Yeah. You know, Jamie, I want to add to your thoughts and Russ really compliment you because especially in the advisory event, you, as, a, as an advisor, and you've been in this space, you've walked in their shoes, you were able to speak directly to them. And I think that message really and truly resonated. And uh, the feedback, uh, you know, since then has been um, nothing short of amazing. But I think you really connected with our advisors. Plus, we all love hearing you say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so th this is the first time it's I realized it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. th th this is the first time it kind of highlighted the, the British accent side of it and uh, <laughs> uh, the word podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I've made a, a promise to one of the um, participants as well uh, that we'll change the title of the podcast to the imaginatively titled Family Business Podcast because when I introduced it at the dinner, they thought that was the full title was the imaginatively titled Family Business Podcast. <laughs> so I might I might sneak that onto the the logo um, uh, in coming weeks and months. Um, what one uh, point that I uh, just want to make into in terms of what we were just talking about there around particularly on the advisor side, is if we are, and I believe we all are, focused on truly exceptional outcomes for the clients that we work with, that, that is what drives mm -hmm. us in terms of what we want to do. We want to have a positive impact on the lives of those that we work with. We can't do that single-handedly. And by introducing these types of concepts into advisory teams, I think the challenge and the excitement lies around how you embed that behavior as like normal practice, business as usual almost. Because the mm -hmm. I, I've been to conferences before where you make tons of notes and you come away with loads of ideas and you sit back down at your desk on the, the following Monday morning and there's 250 emails and there's a load of stuff in kind of on your desk and you're just kind of, right, I'll get through that. And sometimes that momentum can be lost in terms of the excitement and um, motivation that comes from uh, an experience like that and I think that's where your role uh, in particular Maureen is is such uh, an exciting one because you kind of get to do that right you're the the lucky one that gets to to bring in these things to maintain that type of momentum within the organization and what it's going to look like in 12 months time compared to what it looked like 12 months ago as well is is just really exciting to to see yeah, thank you, Russ. I, I certainly hope that's the vision. And anytime you're trying to influence culture, you have to have realistic expectations. And candidly, it may not be for everyone. This may not resonate with everyone. Uh, but it's the human connection. And that's the that's the foundation. Yeah, fantastic. Is there anything that we needed to have covered in our conversation today that um, we haven't done so any questions you wish I'd asked that I hadn't. I think as we've now walked away from it with, you know, so many months of planning and envisioning what this could have been, I think for myself and I know, you know, it just exceeded our expectations and it, it demonstrates the gift of collaboration that we all come together with different backgrounds, with different stories, um, and, and that um, what we experienced was just tremendously beneficial for us, again, as individuals, as advisors, in whatever capacity that is, and just the power in collaboration. I think as an advisor for so many years, you cannot do this alone. And when we share our best ideas in how we serve, uh, we are just so much more effective and can do so much more. And that speaks to the, my purpose in my life and what is it that I, on my quest, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And so when we meet on this journey, it's truly really a gift. Fantastic. Thank you. And Jamie, any kind of closing thoughts from you? 
Yeah, I'm just I'm so thrilled that you came to the States, you know, and <laughs> that we got to spend some time together, and both personally and professionally, because beyond being a, I'm not sure I even could even say it, a podcaster, um, <laughs> Maureen will have to help me with that. Um, you just have been an essential part of this whole project and the work, you know, what we did together with Bank of Oklahoma. Thank you. Thank you. And um, before I blush anymore, I think that's a really good point for us to bring our, our discussions to a conclusion. So, uh, Maureen, thank you so much for joining us on the show and obviously for, for the collaboration that, that we've just experienced together. It was uh, certainly a highlight of uh, my year, if not beyond, in, in that sense. And again, Jamie, thank you for joining us and sharing your thoughts and, and expertise on this particular topic. Same here. Pleasure. Same here, gentlemen. Heartfelt thanks. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maureen and Jamie. And did you spot the deliberate error? That error is normally I ask all my guests at the end of each interview how you, the audience, can get in touch. And I failed to do that on this occasion. So I'm here to let you know if you want to get in touch with Maureen, you are able to email her. Her email address is mkelly, which is K-E-L-L-E-Y, at B-O-K-F dot com. If you want to get in touch with Jamie, you can find him on LinkedIn or you can head to the Quest for Legitimacy website, which is questforlegitimacy.com. We also have an email address there, which is hello at questforlegitimacy.com, where you can get in touch to find out more about the research and the book. So as I mentioned, actually on last week's show, going to have a bit of a break now over the summer with more episodes coming your way in September. So until then, please do keep getting in touch with your thoughts and comments on the shows. But new episodes coming out in September and uh, I look forward to bringing you those then. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.